A long durational constant. December 31st, 2022. Considering the fruits of the past 10 years, from the midst of a transiting Mars in Gemini and Mercury in Capricorn retrograde. Hello, hello. Howdy, it's 10.07 p.m. on Friday, January 6, 2023, that I'm recording what you're about to hear. Nice to hear from you, nice to see you, nice to speak to you. I'll read what I wrote, and then we can talk a little more afterwards. Also, I'm a little sniffly sick. Who isn't right now? For 2023, I'm, I'm going to start posting my newsletters First, on my Cyborg Memoirs URL, cyborgmemoirs.com, before cross-posting them to my Substack and my Patreon Mail Club accounts. So, with that in mind, here we are. Greetings, friend. How have you been? I'm writing to you from the tail end of a blessed week off from the day job. It's New Year's Eve. Philadelphia has been enveloped in a foggy, drizzly cloud all day and it's 53 degrees out in the dark of early evening. I'm finally starting to catch my breath from work during the, you know, the holiday season, air quotes, my copywriting brain rings out, also known as Q4, also known as three, arguably four straight months of all hands on deck, concentrated effort at my job. (laughs) Back when I started self-publishing and distributing my All That's Left, aka ATL zines around Philadelphia and the early mid 2010s internet I had a number of encounters with people who would ask or assume that I was well read in the literary canon of sci-fi fantasy writers of the past 80 or so years and most of the time I'd be like no I mainly watch anime and like a lot of blockbuster movies and pulpy comics and shit so around that time when people were coming to me with questions like that I began to read more classics of sci-fi, kind of more the cyberpunk authors of the 80s, and then back into the feminist and then speculative, you know, speculative fiction waves from the 60s and the 70s. Ursula K. Le Guin and James Tiptree Jr., Octavia Butler, Stanislaw Lem, William Gibson, Neil Stevenson, and so on and so forth. And I began to, I guess, read more about the lives of sci-fi authors of those eras, who was middle class, who was in the CIA, who cooperated with the Pentagon, who was an engineer by trade, who worked in advertising. And I remember starting college at 23, majoring in communications eventually, telling myself as I focused more on theory that, you know, shit, I could never deliberately go into advertising and marketing. Can you tell where this is going? Yeah. Now I'm like 15 years in at a boutique retail job where I started as a part-time floor staff slash blogger and now work full-time as a self-proclaimed online director. 
Until two years ago, I single-handedly translated and wrote all the copy, photographed all the product, designed and operated the e-commerce, admined all the social media, researched and selected product we should sell, and basically shaped the voice and branding personality and like product selection in part for this small business. I wound up in a persuasive communications job. The only steady paying, physically doable gig for me in this town, it seems. In January 2020, I had officially moved on from this job. I don't know if anybody remembers to pursue writing full time. Like I was going to, you know, be applying this shit and, and all this stuff. And my then partner boo was like, yeah, I'll support that. I'll help you cover some of your bills. Like you can live with me, da, da, da. And I wrote like four to five chapters of non, not of a novel manuscript. And as we all know, the pandemic hit. My brain melted. We were in the streets. We were panicking online. We were just doing everything online. Massive transfers of power and capital occurred. Instagram and other social media platforms, they took off the mask with regard to data mining, shopping, preference, direct-to-consumer advertising. And by October, I went back to my job for that steady paycheck. This is all kind of a setup to say that I realized this year when Q4 rolls around anymore, I have to relinquish my expectations that I will get anything else done in a regular fashion besides day job work, which is half in person and half computer jockey. I can't get anything else done besides that and taking care of my body and like prioritizing rest and like positive social interactions. The other reason I'm bringing up my day job here in this cyberspace is because I've been reflecting on the fruits of my efforts of the past 10 years. Metro Polarity officially started 12-12-12. And anyone who came to our events knows we brought the fucking zeitgeist, you know. About a year before that, I had been putting out my All That's Left scenes with the first fully formed short stories. And you know, over the years... I won grants, awards, read and performed up and down the East Coast, had stories published in other places like not self-published. I taught a couple classes, facilitated a bunch of workshops, dropped a few spoken verses on friends' albums, and uh, generally like Solarized and 700 Bliss to be exact. And, you know, generally wrote my ass off in fits of rage and lamentation. Oh, I was on the Here's album, one of many too. So anyway. That's what I was doing to, like in the past 10 years. Um, but, you know, kind of in recent years, I've experienced my reputation and my work just falling out of relevance and being forgotten in Philadelphia anyway. It's, you know, how short-lived some things are. And as they say, you don't realize just how brief they are until the time has already passed. I had started writing what would become All That's Left around 2005 as a method of claiming mental space for myself through and after this long-term abusive relationship. Ugh. And <laughs> nearly since 20... I say ugh because I'm still having to come to terms with how that affected me as a person. You know? That shit, you know? Anyway, like, nearly since 2012, I've 
been supposed to be making this hyper slash nonlinear story world a novel 10 times over by now. But I can't seem to finish it. I can't seem to do it. Who am I writing this for? Raz Cutlass reminded me that the writing has to be for me. I think writing fiction is one of the most grueling things to do for fun. Over the years, I've lamented how a year's worth of writing and editing a short story resulted in a grand total of like maybe 50 bucks. Maybe the most I got was 150 bucks for a reprint for a publication in a book that would go out of print. A year's worth of labor. I've lamented how you have to have time and space and wealth and resources to write books, it seems. And I'm not the only one if anyone's ever paid attention to anything Jamie Barreau ever said on the internet. But um, yeah, like you need a wifey or a really good friend group to feed you and keep your spirits up from time to time. Or at least when I say you, I'm talking about myself. Those are my needs. I need like, you know, some things like... You know, you need to have a routine, habits, some kind of stability somewhere, like mentally even, I mean. Your hands and eyes and brain need to be reliable, and you somehow need to make sense to publishers when you, and I'm talking about my me, believe that publishing is full of people who uncritically subscribe to the conventions of upper-class white society, you know? Over the past 10 years, I took to reading some classics. I did some applying to prestigious workshops and grants. I used and offered up my beliefs as the basis for organizers to imagine what's possible in social justice circles. And I've said over and over and over again how all I need and all I want to finish this novel is one, get access to a mentor I can relate to, and two, get access to an intensive style writing or arts program that would support me to finish this story, not like a new project for somebody else and not like get mentored by this thing and not got not like get mentored for people looking to get public. Like, you know, it's, it's maybe I'm shooting myself in the foot. Who knows? But um, this shit wasn't happening. No one was giving it to me. And not only that, but like I watched my Metro Polarity peers have like specific concepts from their works lifted off of them from social justice organizers. I'm not going to name who, uh, but these people like profited for years subsequently and built up their own platforms off that work and like continue to do so with other people. But anyway, I have watched the results for the queer sci-fi and Afrofuturism hashtags transform away from the people who first wrote them. I have watched the sci-fi fantasy publishing industry like working to diversify itself away from the myopically middle-class, cisgender, white American concern. And I don't have time to get into all that, but somebody remind me to do that later and Maybe I can, but anyway, they're out there mining for fiction to publish to its markets from other parts of the world while unable to notice the wealth of poor and working writers in its own backyard, the ones who could stand to get well paid in advance or at all for their efforts. Furthermore, you know, 
I work by trade for long hours every day on the internet and on, like I do that on these physically inhospitable devices. I've had to like, you know, I'm not going to talk about the physical part, but, you know, mentally I've become really incredibly dismayed by the manipulative infrastructure of today's internet that like my pre-pandemic habits of how I used to maintain what felt like a productive and timely internet presence then today for me, it feels crazy making. I don't, I've been struggling. Like I even hesitate to call what we have now the internet. And as a side note, I would love, 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 love to really honestly hear from any people who are in their teens or 20s uh, about what you think of the internet and what it does to society and how it makes you and other people feel and behave. But that's an aside, you know, like back to the main point, like we're in this era of platforms and it's it's like mentally sickening me and has physically like disabled me over the years. And I kind of spend all my like real talk. I've, I spend all of my, like when I'm done work for the day, I usually I'm like, okay, now I have to take a physical break and eat and do lately physical therapy exercises. And then I don't have time for other shit. Like I got to go to bed. So anyway, the platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, we know them all and then some. We know they're built to be addictive. We know they manipulate what images and messages, advertisements, and suggested accounts we receive. We know they're full of bots and fake accounts from God knows what operator. We know the platforms make us feel something. And so how is this place of platforms an appropriate space for sharing information anymore? What, like, it's a place where every inch is a surveilled market. That's how I've been feeling lately. That's, that's what's been on my mind. I'm feeling the effects of 25 plus years staring for long hours at an illuminated pane of glass that sits a mere two feet or less from my face. I'm standing on the other side of a few generations now, reassessing the terrain and where I stand and why. What do I have to show for myself? Who is looking? I learned eight house moons need a witness from Sam Reynolds in particular. The other day I was posting on social media with the comments turned off, angry animal, soul sucked of connection replaced with ads, noise is deafening, eyes full of light and can't see shit, silo realities, lurking as a form of protection, surprise, it's no better than participating, Passive consumer, parasocial experiment, make rich miners' sons richer. Writing a novel may not be for me in this pandemic society. Can't believe how many parties I missed, 
because I didn't want to willingly disable myself with plague. It's so civil. Now I'm isolated from where I started. Hello, hello. Are you out there? So it's been a sordid and begrudging experience contending with a choice I made midway through 2022. I told myself, you know what? You better start taking pride and acknowledging the work that you have put in and contributed over the years. And I don't just mean in your like writer's life. You know, the most tangible place where this has been showing up for me has been at my motherfucking day job, which for many years I've just never talked about, never wanted to talk about for a variety of reasons. We'll see how that changes over time. But anyway, this shit has been tangible for me there, like, you know, the fruits of my years of efforts being alive and shit, toiling and shit. And it's also apparent in my like trade as a self-taught freelance designer. Like I got like trying to be an artist didn't sustain me in these ways that I have tried. What has sustained me very literally has been the money I've made doing freelance gig work and working at my day job. That's what I mean. That's where my artistic output and my writing effort, like my energy to write my brain space to write, that's where it's gone is to make money to take care of myself because it's not coming from anywhere else. You know, I've had to use my talents to make a living. And I've even, you know, I'm not the only one, you know, I think as you get older, you get more responsibility. That's like the fucking facts of being grown. I found myself with more responsibility than ever at the paid job, but also in my mundane life. I'm having to do physical therapy and therapy and having to rest. And I'm like much more concerned with a spiritual life as well. I don't know. Before this week vacation started, my brain was unrelentingly teeming with tasks and obligations from the second I gained consciousness to the late hour I went to sleep. A long, durational, constant state for more than a year, it feels an ever-refining pressure that I need utmost efficiency in all of my routines so that I could possibly continue to write, produce, make things, maintain relationships, feed myself, get enough sleep at the proper hours, quote-unquote, and, you know, dot, 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 that if I wasn't staying on top of these things, as the saying goes, I would never get this novel done. And isn't that weird? You know, for a while, I've known that something about this mentality is wrong. Something is blocked. I've been to uh, diviners for advice. Fear lurks in some place just beyond my conscious awareness. Anger threatens to choke and sadness smokes the day away. I ask myself why I feel burnt out and disgruntled, disillusioned and strangely isolated, why writing has become so difficult and unfun, paralyzing, words that seem brittle and meaningless. 
The other day I was chatting with Leah Lakshmi Piepsa Samara Sinha about how this three years into the pandemic slash end of Saturn and Aquarius are bleak fucking times in so many ways where that shit lately has been taking me back, me personally, back to the bleakest period of my life where I was working multiple jobs, saving money, preparing to make a big move out of like a seven years long abusive situation that I had got myself in. The difference between those times and now though, is that now the abusive situation is bigger than being under the control of a single person. It's as big as climate catastrophe, world war, living through a technological paradigm shift, you know? And where do you go to get out of that? Into the ground, honestly. (laughs) But I'm not talking about killing myself. I'm talking about needing to shed and release a whole body of constraints. Writing all this out and saying it all out loud is me pulling the cork on a long-stopped bottle. I have a backlog of things to say, and I'm trying to figure out how to say it. I may not know who you are reading this or hearing this, but I appreciate you. An eighth house moon needs an audience, that's for sure. Thank you for being mine. The following is like a earlier version of the sentiment in what I just said or read which I started like the day I began my week off. It was, you know, I was trying to do too much. I was still trying to lay out all the loose threads connecting the internet platforms and internet archives and the fruits of one one's efforts over time and bodily capability and what's real. I've been missing connection something terrible. And yet my motivation remains contorted around the never-ending task list in my head. I got a new doctor back in the neighborhood I grew up in, and suddenly I'm speaking to a behavioral health specialist, I'm starting physical therapy for my chronic inflammation, I'm getting an eye exam. It's nice. It's different. You know, the LGBTQ healthcare provider was not thinking to point me in these directions. Nonetheless, my brain does not feel good when I start to think about what I used to concern myself with before the pandemic. Like, I say this referencing its capacity to stick to a task. Like, I could complete tasks. Now I'm flooding over with tasks. Ones that I must do every day and ones that I want to do but just can't seem to complete. And every bit of divinatory advice over the past year has repeated to me the following. Go with the flow. Release the water or the pent-up emotions. And rest the brain. 
Instead, my notion of rest is getting a spare minute to concentrate and write this missive from behind a dining room desk strewn with notebooks, PT weights and bands, pens and markers, a poetry book open face down, some tarot cards, some gum, a dube tube, a couple empty bowls that could get washed. Dot, 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 dot. So as if I never spent so many days several years ago waxing and waning about the treatments of Saturn during my Saturn return then, I feel myself once more undergoing some form of submission as we exit or head towards the exit of Saturn's stay in Aquarius, I suppose. I'm writing this listening to the Ayers song, Deray, thinking about the other night when I was standing outside in the lumpy backyard where it's dark, smoking a jazz cig and staring up at that commanding red wanderer, Mars. Lust and distraction tell me a lesson. What to do with it and how to focus. I was the one who wrote you have to forge yourself into a weapon. And I'm still here struggling to grip the tongs. Or so it seems in my haste. I've been attempting to find this flow or go with it. But then I stopped to ask myself, do I even know the end goal? The old one that I started with doesn't seem to stand or I question its merit and shit, I've, I've got to feed myself again. Frankly, I'm sick of myself in this ever-present berating of what I still haven't accomplished. There are so many hours in the day and I have to allot quite a chunk of them to a day job in this unseemly insulting American society. I read that article, too, about there being considerably less working-class artists in British society now. Do we all really have to keep working? I've been wanting to update my URL, cyborgmemoirs.com, to the latest WordPress theme, but then I got so sad when I realized I just didn't have the fucking capacity to get into it. It, it has such, like, a good like new what you see is what you get WYSIWYG uh, theme editor functionality now oh it's all so cool and I just don't have time to fuck with it so instead I changed the typeface on my current theme and you know I feel a little bit better what bothers me in all this task keeping though is the way I feel splintered all the time and my voice my broadcast my internet presence is as shattered and disjointed as it has ever been. Am I showing signs of information burnout? Me, the one who calls their personal site Cyborg Memoirs. The internet as anonymous journal, cyber refuge, that's all over. And for me with this moniker, hmm. One thing I've never forgotten 
through reading that 90s experimental academic anthology, The Cyborg Handbook, is that cyborgs, historically, as entities, arise from war culture, the Cold War to be specific. If I disappeared and unplugged, what would there be to come back to? It's a question I've only asked myself in this moment typing it. I keep finding myself at junctures where the question is, how much do you believe the story you're telling yourself? Are these the real reasons? Where's the scent gone? Do I need to give up? Did I give up the wrong things? It's that kind of shit. Perhaps a misleading tangent to put out and then come back and say that all these conniving platforms have my archive-oriented brain stressed out. I can't believe how much impactful writing I did on that deleted Tumblr. 2011-2015, I think. It's all gone. And it's from such a particular era. I'm stupid for deleting that shit. And I even have a personal policy that I don't trash my old journals for that point. I can't believe how much collective writing um, or collected writing stands to be generated if I just piece together the archive of this newsletter. You know, I'm over here worrying about how I haven't written a book yet and then there's all this writing out here unaccounted for. Shit, like... I don't know. I've had a Tumblr archive zine that I did manage to piece together from what's still out there. And it, you know, quote, just needs to be laid out. That's something I've been meaning to do for over a year. And it was only this week, maybe even today, that I realized how much of my creative energy now goes to my job. Like that point where I'm like, I need to take pride in my work because it's the thing that's sustaining me. And I don't need to be making myself feel shitty about this thing that sustains me, I guess. my en- So I put my energy in there a little more. You know, it's a classic cautionary tale. Don't be a jack of all trades, they say, and don't be someone who has to work. And yet, honey, who will keep the lights on and your belly fed? Who will wash the dishes? Who will do the laundry and sweep the floors? Who's going to tell you good job? (laughs) Shit, I swear there's a long game in this forlorn recounting I'm doing. You know, I'm telling myself, like, rather than just intuitively building out a website because I have the energy, agility, and willpower to burn, experimenting and learning along the way, turning up exhausted after overlong hours at the deck. You know, maybe, baby, maybe... You should think a little more about the end goal. What's the actual desire? And what do I really want at the end of my effort? Do I have to pay better attention to this? Or have I been over-concerned about the wrong things? Or... I am amazed, I tell myself. I have to tell myself. I'm amazed at all the things that I have done and made and accomplished from this hectic, sheer force of will style of doing things that's gotten me this far. 
with the way that I've been trying to finish this manuscript or write this novel, it has not been working for me. I've spent the last seven-ish years steadily prioritizing this book, scheduling my free time for isolated writing since I have so much trouble working with, uh, you know, doing co-work with people who kind of like can't be quiet or respect the silence, you know. I like write in isolation and I go through these cycles of attempting routines or methods for running my own writing intensives or you know just some 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 form of structure and i've been cutting out every and any possible side project or collab that would take my focus off finishing this manuscript and i just have not been getting the results i desire so it's time to change up what i'm doing happy 2023 everybody Thanks for listening. Oh, I guess a bonus gem here is I saw Avatar 2 on Christmas Day in the theater at 69th Street. Philadelphia people know what's up, um, where you can eat food in the theater. That place was nice. But the movie fucking blew. The movie was so bad. It We went there like a friend bought the tickets. The friends' kids are in town. Like, we all go as kind of like adults and kids, Christmas Day outing. Hold on, I got to sneeze. There's food, it's chill. And then we're in there for like two hours almost. And the story is nowhere near done. And I'm like, you, what are we in for? And I am, it's like bad. It's very bad. There's so much shit that keeps going on. Everything's fucking blue. There's so much insulting disgusting like shit in the movie that I look it up on the phone and it's 196 minutes aka three hours and 20 minutes and like moments before that I had joked to my friend in their ear like what is this thing three and a half hours and it fucking was it was 10 minutes shy of three and a half hours long James Cameron is a dickhead he made this fucking movie it's white supremacist fantasy bullshit Like, there's already been, uh, I've already seen, like, indigenous people online being like, fuck James Cameron, fuck this movie. There, like, are indigenous people whose stories can be told about this stuff. Because I'll tell you that when I was in the theater, I was like, this is, like, straight up, these are blue cat people. They have, like, braids. They have black hair that's braided and locked. But some of their phenotype facial features are like white looking or Caucasian or whatever, not like phenotypically black or African-American or whatever you want to call it. And it's like all these uh, unsettling hair textures on these like in the movie itself, like in world racialized creatures. Like there's like, they're literally blue people that are not like there's Oh my God, I don't want to scream. There's like humans and white people and stuff. I forget if there's any people of color in the humans that do appear in the movie. But then there's like the blue people who are the indigenous people of this planet. And 
like look i never saw avatar the first one because i had heard people making fun of it saying it was a ripoff of fern gully and i was like fern gully was the goat and that's all we need to see we don't need this avatar bullshit and so avatar 2 is obviously this disgusting like white supremacist white imperialist man's fantasy or just like the project or whatever is a propaganda fantasy it's full of military glorification like specifically american military it's full of like the idea that earth is done and we just need to leave it behind there's all these scenes of like great quote-unquote great beauty where it's shot like a like a planet earth type documentary style of all the like wondrous beauty and creatures that live on this planet and also the relationship that the the blue indigenous people have with all the creatures and then they show you all these scenes of those creatures and those people getting like murdered killed in cruel ways and just and their bodies discarded like terrorized all kinds of shit and like around that point when that stuff was happening was when i just got the fuck on my phone and was like reading what the fuck the synopsis of the movie really was and yeah there's also like a a white soldier man from the first movie who i don't know who becomes a blue indigenous person or he is he like be like figure he like becomes one like he looks like one and then his whole modus operandi through the whole film is to be like yeah like the earth people are coming back but they're like i won't go back to them and like i have my family my family's number one and my like badass motherfucking warrior wife woman uh, I'm just going to tell her to chill out and not do anything because I think I know what, what's going on and I'll protect our family and our family's really important. And that's what's most important to me. Did I tell you? My family. And mysteriously, the warrior woman played by, um, not Zendaya. What is that woman's name? Zoe Saldana, who played to much criticism, um, Nina Simone in that movie, which I also never saw. So she's playing the wife and, there's just all this additional bullshit of like their kids, the girl kids and the boy kids, the fact that the indigenous blue people of this beautiful, gorgeous planet um, adhere to linear imperial time from Earth and um, heteronormative boy girl gender. Like these, you know, the designs of these blue people are are like they're in harmony with their planet they have this like long uh tail braid that comes out the back of their neck that i guess contains some connective fibers that they can just like straight up pull out and link up with the connective fibers of any other living creature from their planet and they like mind mesh or something so they have all this like from a fanfic you know as a fanfic writer you take material like that and you write all kinds of freaky shit, you know? You take material like that and you write about how they perceive and experience the world differently. But instead, what we get in James Cameron's movie of this material is that he is that these people have male and female genders and they're into imperial linear time and all of their societies are about being able-bodied and um contributing and f- 
fighting and like all this bullshit, straight up propaganda bullshit. Because if you didn't know, plants and animals on earth at least don't have two genders and they don't subscribe to this type of imperialist bullshit that the American like nation state uh, techno fascist project has or whatever the fuck. And anybody can let, let me know if they need me to explain more about what I just said. But those of you who know, yeah, Avatar 2 was total trash and there's supposedly going to be f- three more of them. This shit was trash. Uh, disgusting. So you heard it from me. Don't go see that shit. Tell everybody you know it was bullshit, unimaginative, unoriginal, garbage. Um, And let's hope that, um, you know, all of the real deal working, struggling ass writers and creatives, makers out there who are really thinking about what this world um, could be like. Let's hope that we get a little support. And let's hope not only that, because we don't just need that. Fuck empire the way that it is now like here we are up in it you know i i just want to i know we're all up in it but i still gotta say fuck empire i really wish there was another way to live period thanks for listening um and let me know if you want me to do other movie review bullshit like this as like a you know, casual thing to send out from time to time in between all my struggles with writing. Okay. Hope that this new year turns into good shit for you. And, um, love you. Thanks for supporting me. Talk to you next time. Mwah.